G'day, mate 40 here. Going back to the wired earphones, see if that produces a little better audio quality. Otherwise, I'll go back to my sure mic, which is a bit of a bugger to carry around. I much prefer doing these live streams inconspicuously without the gimbal. Uh, that just seems too intrusive. Like if I was walking down the street, if I was just ignore me. And I saw some bloke coming along with his iPhone on a gimbal and orating away. But I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. I wouldn't feel thrilled about that on my block. So I want to take other people's feelings into consideration. Right? Just seeing someone walking along talking to an iPhone without a gimbal, that's, that's no different than just a regular phone conversation it's not nearly as as threatening as disrupting and we live in community right we always have to take into account the effect of our choices on other people so when i'm walking down streets at 5 a.m or 6 a.m and talking on the phone i try to talk very softly i don't want to disturb people i don't want to disrupt people's sense of uh, safety and security and when you're talking away on a gimbal it's I think it really is it's disruptive and disturbing to people so anyway just a quick thought on power political power I want to do more videos and posts about the, the granular nature of political power and this is particularly in light of the Colorado Supreme Court ruling that uh, Donald Trump is not eligible to be on, on the ballot in Colorado. And then now you've got all these red states saying, well, uh, Joe Biden won't be eligible to be on the ballot in, in our states because his, his failure to protect the border. So an inflammatory situation. And surely the U.S. Supreme Court will not side with the Colorado Supreme Court. My God, was it pouring down rain. Ah, it's still... We're having a heck of a time crossing the street. It was just coming down in buckets, mate. Just absolute buckets. Like, uh... Floods, right? <laughs> like, it was just pouring down streets. Like, thick. I mean, I can't even probably cross, cross over here. Fair dinkum. I just want to, you have to light the stream. Oh, bloody hell. Cross this. Ah, shoot. Doggone it. Now my feet are going to be wet all day. So you can have this nice tranquil life and suddenly absolute buckets of rain can come down. And it's all swept away. But it, it, it is conceivable that the U.S. Supreme Court might, might side with the Colorado Supreme Court and rule that Donald Trump would be ineligible to run for president of the United States. So, five people, right? We need five people in the U.S. Supreme Court and uh, Trump would be ineligible to run. And that's the nature of power. So. It wouldn't matter then if uh, 190 million Americans 
Don't Americans think that uh, Donald Trump should be eligible to run if five members of the U.S. Supreme Court say no, he wouldn't be eligible. Right? So I think we get brainwashed with all this democracy talk and it's stupid to just think of the United States as solely a democracy or there's really effectively no difference between a democracy and a republic. So you often hear this stupid talking point largely on the right. We're not a democracy, we're a republic. We have elements of democracy. We have elements of oligopoly. We have elements of socialism. We have elements of uh, dictatorship, as we saw during COVID when you know, all sorts of rights that were just taken for granted, such as freedom of, of travel, freedom, freedom association, freedom to worship. Right, freedom to make a living, <laughs> like suddenly removed overnight, right? And so people with power decided that uh, we had an emergency and in the name of the real or a putative emergency, oh boy, here we go. Oh, you can take away any rights. Now I don't quite have the long jumping ability that I did in my, my younger days. And uh, so I think we get a lot of rhetoric. It, it's how like, we kind of speak about the country in political terms. That the most important thing that we know about it is that it's a democracy. And in, in some ways that, that might be the representative democracy. That, that might be the most important thing. But you see with the Donald Trump decision in Colorado, possibly the U.S. Supreme Court, the five people can invalidate the wishes of 100 plus million Americans, right? So power is not nearly as much about the will of the people as uh, we tend to think. And the, the most stark representative of this is that the Arab street is 99% plus anti-Israel, and yet many leading Arab nations have publicly and privately made all sorts of deals with Israel because particularly in the realm of foreign policy popular opinion just doesn't matter that much we live in a democracy and yet it's already been decided by our elites that we will go to war on behalf of Taiwan and even if it costs us tens of billions of dollars thousands of American lives like half of the US Navy could very well get destroyed in a conflict with China over Taiwan, right? but it's already been decided at an elite level. Yes, yeah, spreading democracy around the world while skipping the homeland, right? So, in uh, matters of foreign policy, this doesn't matter that much, and then there are all sorts of other areas, right? Uh, lockdowns were, were perhaps not politically popular. Now, this is my understanding of the science. I, I do think that uh, in general, the lockdowns were wise and, and proper policy. And two, I believe that in general, people in the United States anyway, were for even firmer and stricter lockdowns than what we had. That Americans would have rallied around a, a more restrictive COVID uh, policy uh, than, than what we had. So I, I don't believe that the lockdowns were uh, overwhelmingly 
uh, unpopular. But even if they were, all right, in a state of emergency, right, the sovereign, right, can can rule. And like, who is the sovereign? Right, he who has the power to declare a state of emergency, which means that the normal rules don't apply. So, despite all our, our democratic rhetoric, there are all sorts of areas of life where democracy is simply not the most effective prism through which to understand what's happening. Like, if you have a job, all right, if you go to work, it's not a democracy. Right? Having a job is much more akin to, to being a slave for 40 hours a week than it is to being a, a citizen in a democracy. I, I find it really helpful to think of a job as being voluntarily slave for 40 hours a week. I, I just think that kind of fits the model, right? When, when you go to work and you're told to do something, it doesn't really matter that much if you're inclined to do it or not, if you want to keep your job and your benefits that your, your family may be counting on, right? you have to do what you're told. And so in the area of work, but we're certainly not a democracy. In the area of education, right? So most of us spend about you know, 14 to 20 years of our life in formal education, not a democracy. Uh, and then the protocols of the professions, all right? Protocols of professions, professions' primary purpose is the extension of their own power and prestige and income. So the way that the legal, dental, accounting, medical professions operate, right, it's not for the good of the public, right, it's, not a, it's not a democracy. These professions are primarily run along the lines of what will most increase members' income, status, and power in society. And uh, Adam Smith made the observation that seldom do business people gather without forming some conspiracy against the general public. So big business is certainly not uh, democratic, right? When, when businessmen get together and uh, they make deals and proclamations, that is generally not for the, for the good of the public. Thank you very much. And uh, our religion, right, generally not run along democratic lines, though there are elements of it, particularly in the, in the Protestant tradition. And among synagogues, there are two types of synagogues. There are synagogues that are primarily rabbi-based, where the rabbi essentially sets the terms and the rules. And, uh, I don't know, by number, that, that's primarily within parts of Orthodox Judaism. Otherwise, rabbis are primarily the paid employees of the synagogue board. So, so the more traditional, the more intense you get in your religious commitment. So the Seventh-day Adventist Church, for example, is hierarchical. Right? There's a freedom of speech if you're a paid employee of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this was pointed out to my father very early on in his confidence of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. There's a First Amendment or members of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, you're in a hierarchy. There's a general conference in charge of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and there's a general conference president who was Neil Wilson at the time that my father was removed from the Seventh-day Adventist ministry. And Neil Wilson was a very 
astute political player, so he was able to you know, gather all the power, powerful people in the church to a consensus to remove my father from the ministry and remove everyone who was public about having views like my father. So, generally speaking, the more intense the religion, right, the more hierarchical it is. So, the more intense the, the Judaism that you practice, all right, the more hierarchical it is. So if you go to a reform conservative, even some modern orthodox synagogues, you might gather around and uh, you may be invited to share your thoughts on the weekly parasha, the weekly Torah portion. But in a more traditional synagogue, uh, you wouldn't even dream of going up to the rabbi and sharing your thoughts unbidden on the weekly parasha, right? There's a sense of hierarchy, there's someone in control, and there's someone, you know, on top, and then there are his most intense, devoted, religiously observant, religiously knowledgeable devotees, right? People who, you know, spend hours a day in study of Torah, right? They're just below the rabbi, and they have the next most amount of prestige and status. Okay. Any comments on so long as a father of democracy? No, don't know anything about him. The system is such a charade. Dictatorship or king is better because everything is out in the open and clear cut. Uh, is this live stream a democracy? I think not. <laughs> it's not. The only voice you have is leave. Well, he's only been removed from the ballot in Colorado, and that can get overturned. Democracy works when nothing matters. Well, there are, there are lots of you know, useful areas where you know, the democratic principle works, all right? But we saw it in the Uvalde response, there are lots of places where you want a very strict and clear hierarchy. So I think people on the right are more naturally in tune to all those areas in life where a, a strict hierarchy is much more effective and efficient. Right? We respond to hierarchy. We respond to, to rules and to having a leader and, and that works for us psychologically and socially. Um, and, and I think women are more inclined to kind of the democratic principle uh, in much more of life, but in Evaldi, you never had a clear-cut chain of command. There was no command center set up, and there was no leader directing the Evaldi police response, and we saw how chaotic and what a mess that was. So in, in all sorts of emergencies of life and death, you very much want a hierarchy. So if the United States was attacked, right, you want you know, one man who's in charge uh, giving the orders. If uh, your, your community or family comes under attack, Right, your school comes under attack, so God forbid there was a university in Prague where at least 14 people have been murdered by some gunmen today. Right, in, in these kind of responses, you want a strict hierarchy. And I think men understand and people on the right understand that there are all sorts of areas of life where you want a hierarchy. On the other hand, like things like 12-step meetings are quite democratic and there's you know, very rarely an autocratic hierarchical authoritarian element to that. 
I wonder how David Colstein's fundraising for the Hunter Biden democracy is going. So David Colstein is an interesting guy, very intelligent and at times very energetic. Um, but, you know, there's also you know, a great majority of what he said and done that just seems completely deranged. So why does any of this matter? Because I think the more clarity we have about both bottom-up models for how we work and top-down models for how the world around us works, the more clarity we get, right? The more sophisticated we get, right? The more effective we'll be in life. So I am normally wide awake by 4 a.m. I didn't wake up until 6.57 a.m. this morning. So I have had a lot more sleep than normal and just a lot of things that, that spring from, from that. I'm better able to make decisions. I have more energy. I have you know, more, more bandwidth to process life. And on the other hand, I know when I don't get much sleep, I need to keep my decisions as lean and mean as possible. I make as few decisions as possible, as much as possible, just follow protocol. And when we want to understand politics, all right, there are areas where numbers matter, right? But attendance at political rallies doesn't matter much, right? Votes, right? Voting for a candidate matters, you know, moderately. Like 99% of the time for 99% of the people, it doesn't seem to matter very much who's president of the United States between the two leading contenders. But there are areas such as I don't think we would have had this disastrous American involvement in Ukraine if Donald Trump was president. I don't think Putin would have invaded Ukraine if Donald Trump was president. Uh, Ronald Reagan, I think, turned the American trajectory around. So there are areas where leaders matter. So, yeah, in the matter of votes, right, obviously numbers count. But then in matters of law, right, uh, popular will just doesn't matter much. The people of California post passed a 187, a referendum to deny a lot of government benefits to illegal aliens, and then that was overturned by the California Supreme Court, and it really didn't matter how popular you know, that, that referendum was, the, the legal elites ruled. So uh, why can't we get access to medication? that we want or need, right? Why do we have to go through a doctor, right? So part of it is that there's a public interest in, uh, in making people go through a doctor and that uh, many people can't be trusted to make wise judgments about the medications that they take. But it's also largely driven by the doctor's desire for power, influence and income. So. Uh, the medical, legal, dental, accountant professions, right? They don't take much into account what, you know, numbers and, and people outside of them. So enthusiasm and numbers that show up to a political rally. Remember all the pundits and the wise men on the Republican side in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election were just continually remarking about how many people showed up to Donald Trump rallies as opposed to Joe Biden rallies. But there's virtually no predictive power in the number of people who show up to a rally for your candidates. So Gough Whitlam, 
in Australia, the Australian Prime Minister running against Michael Fraser in 1975, Gough Whitlam attracted huge numbers to his political rallies, but he overwhelmingly lost the election. Uh, academics, right, they don't take into account very much political preferences, popular preferences, uh, popular media. Uh, so people like Peter Zion, uh, even Tucker Carlson, or all the right-wing pundits get very little academic attention because they're not regarded as serious thinkers. That would also include, you know, pundits on the left. So where you know, academics get their information, what they consider valuable and wise, that isn't from popular sources of, of information. So the world of you know, intellectual thought and scientific discoveries, all right, very much an elite realm where the, you know, the, the vast mass of opinions just don't matter much. So few areas of life, democracy, useful way of looking at things. Like most areas of life, Democracy is not the useful way of looking at things. Probably more of life runs on hierarchy than runs on democratic principles. So it just seems to me like work runs on hierarchy, education runs on hierarchy, religion tends to run on hierarchy, and power, political power, is dominantly run on hierarchy. So understanding hierarchy is probably 10 times more useful for making sense of the world around you than understanding democratic principles. I'll have to check out these scholars. I've never seen David Cole debunked. <laughs> uh, there are various books on uh, Holocaust denial, such as by Michael Shermer, where David, uh, David Cole Stein is, is debunked. I mean, he's, he is way out there on, on the fringe, which makes him highly entertaining, but also highly unreliable. And he's also someone who's you know, largely disconnected from community and accountability, which makes him so entertaining and unpredictable, but also uh, less, than, less than solid. Talk to you blokes later.